Hello. Welcome back to Imani Talks Astrology. I'm really excited about this episode um, because it's about a very important transit, as you have probably read um, in the title, (laughs) in the description. We're talking about Chiron and Aries. This is a big one. Um, Chiron will be in Aries until 2027. So we got a ways to go with this one. And I think this is a sign where we need to spend a little time, right? Um, If you listened to the previous episode, I gave a little bit of information about Mars, um, about the Aries nature, about uh, the first house, which is, of course, the the one of the Mars houses in the um, natal chart, in the birth chart. Um, and yeah, this will just be a very interesting transit to see. And I definitely want to share some ideas about what I think that will look like for all of us. I don't know why I feel so hesitant to like start this thing. I think, first of all, we'll kind of give some background about Chiron um, and what it is, right? So Chiron is a asteroid, I believe, and it is located in between Saturn and Uranus. And so to kind of talk about, so if, if anyone born in like the early 90s knows that most, if you have friends that are in that kind of age group as you, everyone has a very different Chiron sign, right? I was born in 94. My Chiron is in Aries. I have friends, I'm sorry, in Virgo. I have friends who were born in 93. Their Chiron is in Leo. I've had clients who are a couple years older than me who have Chiron in Cancer, right? And so it's just, we see the time in which the the planet or the asteroid spends in each time, it is very varied, right? And what is what reason is this? So as I had said, um, the planet or the asteroid is uh, smack dab in the middle of Saturn and Uranus. And when Chiron gets caught in the orbit of the planet Saturn, that is when <laughs> the its time in a sign elongates, right? It's time that it spends within the cycle gets a little bit longer, right? That makes sense. When we think about Saturn ruling time um, and kind of constraint and limitation and boundaries, when you get sucked into Saturn, you kind of get sucked into its routine as well, right? So we kind of see that dynamic playing out with the planet. So what is Chiron? Um, In Greek mythology, um, he is a centaur, and he is the son of um, one of the titans um, and a sea nymph. And he, I believe, was injured. I probably should have looked up exactly, but he was injured, right? Um, And he was unable to heal this wound, um, that he had as a result of his, um, of said injury that he accrued or got. Um, and from, there are lots of gaps in the story. I do apologize. Um, and from 
his understanding of his womb. I believe he was wounded in his ankle. This is really funny. Um, and he uses his knowledge and experience to inform and teach others. Ironically, uh, he was wounded by Hercules. Um, and he, <laughs> um, there actually is a story of him and Achilles. As we know, Achilles was injured where? On his Achilles heel, right? And the Achilles tendon, which we call it today, right? So clearly he didn't really learn from Chiron, but hey, it's fine. Um, and so he, oh, other things. Um, Chiron was able to, he was originally injured by Hercules, Hercules was just out here hurting everybody, right? Um, and he had immortality, um, but he was not completely able to heal himself, right? And so, but he was able to, from his own experience, be able to create tools that allow others to heal themselves, right? And so what is this? So in the birth chart, it is representative of a space um, in which we are wounded or have experienced some sort of um, wounding, whether it is a physical wounding, which is usually the case with like um, the Pisces Virgo access in Chiron. Lots of people had illnesses um, or had some sort of physical um, pain um, or uh, wound that they had to um, deal with during this transit. Lots of people who were born with Chiron in uh, Virgo have had uh, physical ailments that they have had to deal with. Um, and I, I don't know which other signs in which it kind of manifests in a very physical way. If you do have a story, feel free to share with me. Um, it is this place of wounding and so i it's it, it's a really interesting spot or place to look at in people's birth chart and in talking to people during readings about it 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 changes the entire tone of the reading right it is a place where someone is really hurt um and something that they have you know some sort of experience that they've had has really been a bit of a downer in terms of the way that they view themselves and the way that they may limit themselves. It's very um, painful um, to kind of see. Steve Judd is an astrologer. I think he lives in, he lives in the UK. He has a video on Chiron um, through the houses and it's like, ah, you know, you hear it and you're like, damn, you know, uh, Chiron in the 11th, uh, wounding to your hopes and dreams, being told that you're not good enough to, to do that or that what you want to do is not possible. Um, being rejected, um, by social groups, um, by being shunned and ostracized by people, right? Chiron in the first, being bullied, um, feeling like your identity is being attacked. Um, Chiron in the fifth, being told that the way that you express yourself is not acceptable. Um, not being allowed to do what soothes your inner child, a neglected inner child. Um, 
none of what I just said sounds fun, right? It it all sounds painful. It's really weird. The moment that I press record, um, my entire body just got so sensitive. Um, and that's what Chiron is. It is that point in your chart. Um, it is where you can really see where people are hurting. Um, and it, it is, it, it, it's a very difficult point to, to talk about and to see in people's chart, but it adds so much, um, understanding to why someone is the way that they are. Some of the, the, the spots of them that are really sensitive or places where they can feel very limited. It is interesting that it is between Saturn and Uranus. Um, Saturn is a place of limitation, is a place of boundaries, is a place of being held back. It is a place of reality, is a place of structure, restriction. Um, and on the other side of it is Uranus. And Uranus is where we have freedom, where is where we have truth. It is where we are able to revolutionize, where we're able to innovate, is where we're able to be forward thinking, um, future minded. Um, it is a place of promise for truth and truth that is necessary for the collective. And we see the same dynamic play within the planet uh, or the, the asteroid of Chiron in our birth chart. Okay. Um, where it, there is a wound and an initial pain that someone is facing, there holds promise for you to be able to transcend um, that wound, to be able to give to others, um, to become the expert and the spiritual teacher, um, to accept um, that the wound is there and that it is something that is real. It is not something that can be undone, but it does not mean that it is something that has to hurt you forever. Right. And learning that this is a, a faculty which you possess to be able to make great change for people. Right. This is the, the radical kind of change and truth that you are able to offer to the world based on your own personal experience. Right. And that's extremely powerful. Um, and what that means for us collectively is also really powerful when we talk about Chiron and Aries, where we're talking about the identity. Remember that Aries phrase is I am, who am I, right? The person that I show up as in this world, how I identify myself, my drive, my passion, my willpower, um, where all of that comes from. Um, and so it will be, again, very interesting and exciting to describe this to you all. I'm going to take a quick break um, so that I can get some water um it's also important to mention that you you think about the the, let me pull this up so i can say it correctly um i mentioned mm, yes uh the going back to dane rudyard and an astrological mandala, my favorite book, right? Um, in his book, this is the process of individualization. The first act of which is about differentiation, right? The space in which we are separating from the collective, having an awareness that we are a part of a collective 
and moving into a space where we are able to really define what and who we are in terms of that collective. This is a really big deal um, that Chiron is going into Aries because as we know, Aries is the beginning of the zodiacal wheel, right? Is the beginning of the astrological year, is the beginning of the cycles. It is the initiator. So we are bringing in a completely new cycle of healing for the next 50 years, right? And so for me, that's until I turn 74. Um, and so it, which is weird, but it's also really exciting, <laughs> right? Um, to be able to look and see, ah, this is where we came from in terms of the the healing that we have already faced, Um and as well as the healing that we are yet to experience on a very personal level. It's really cool. Um, I think in the next couple of years, my parents are having their Chiron returns. I don't think they know that. Maybe I should tell them. I believe the last time... Ah, yeah. The last time Chiron was in Aries was 1968. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, yes. Oh, yeah, I pulled it up. Three days after Chiron ingressed into, in 1968, MLK was assassinated. Yes. Um, let's see. I'm reading an article really quickly just to, to tell you guys. Um, on June 5th, Bobby Kennedy was assassinated, and on 16, on October 16th, two black athletes staged a silent demonstration against racial discrimination in the United States. We're, we're going to talk about this. Um, lots of protests and movements throughout the world in the last time. Yo, you do not understand. Like, this shit is about to be crazy. You You see the title. This is... Is this an end to toxic masculinity, right? I, that is the, the place from which I'm going to talk about this. But I think there's also a, a racial element that we can talk about as well um, in, in terms of, of this. But, it, you know, the athlete thing, athletes being people who are able to kind of serve as, um, what is it called? as conduits to spread that message of, uh, of healing, um, in the world, especially based on identity. Um, before I take this break that I just said I was going to take, just as a timeline. So on April 17th of last year is when Aries had originally went in. I mean, Chiron had originally run into Aries. Um, it retrograded back into the final two degrees of Pisces. Um, in, September 25th and it re-entered of course a couple of days ago on the 18th I believe right before Pisces season started so while we're ending this cycle of and our trip through the sign Pisces um through Chiron where the next day we re-entered it via the sun so we at the end of Pisces season will be able to kind of have that moment of of pause and reflection 
in which we look over the the time period or kind of some of the, the things that have kind of molded over or kind of happened during the time of this transit. Um, it will be in, everyone will be in Aries until June 19th of 2026, where it will go retrograde. And so that is when it will enter Taurus. And then it will go retrograde September 17th, 2026, and go back, 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 back. Um, and then it will re-enter, um, what is it called? Taurus on April 14th, 2027. So that will be when the transit is officially over. All right. Again, I'm going to take a quick break. I will be right back and we will talk more about this amazing transit. So I will say now I'm going to do a trigger warning um, because I will talk sexual abuse. I will talk domestic violence. Um, I will talk sexual harassment. And I would like to give you the opportunity if you're not necessarily ready to hear or talk about those things that you can shut off this podcast, right? Um I found it very interesting. So I think I was on Instagram maybe like a couple weeks ago. And I was, I follow The Wing. If anyone doesn't know what The Wing is, it is a um, a women's co-working space. It looks very amazing and, it looks, and luxurious. It's based in New York. They have um, one here in D.C. and they have like a couple in other major cities in the country. Um, I'm sorry if you hear any noise. I'm like currently like straddling my, that is such a sexual word, um, my space heater because I'm cold and it's warm. Anyway, no, I will not burn myself. I will be okay. Um, And I looked at their Instagram stories and I saw that they had a woman named Lorena. And I was like, this woman's face looks so familiar. So I'm like clicking through the story and I realized that it is Lorena Bobbitt. I don't know if anyone is familiar with who Lorena Bobbitt is, but you definitely should get very familiar after you listen to this episode. Um, And you'll get familiar as you listen to this episode. So she was a woman who was notoriously known in the 90s. Um, for cutting off her husband's penis. Yes. And so I remember hearing about that as a child. I don't, didn't necessarily know or understand how to process that, right? As a child, I was like, okay, like that's a little strange. I don't really understand this, but this is something that's happened, right? That was the year 1993. Um, she recently has came out with a docu-series, which is on Amazon Prime, fortunately isn't, it's not on Netflix. Um, and she is talking about, um, her experience. Um, and what was interesting to me and that I discovered in The Wing, you know, 
you know, while most of what I knew about the situation is that a lady cut off her husband's penis, it was a story which one can assume had a lot more happening in the background. It is the story of a woman who was sexually abused um, and faced domestic violence from her husband um, and acted accordingly, right? And so I, I find it very interesting that this docu-series was released during this week, um, during this time leading up to this amazing transit, because I think it really puts in perspective what is happening right now. We have experienced a resurgence of the feminist movement. Um, I personally attribute that to, or the, I believe we're in the fourth wave of feminism. I could be wrong. Please correct me if I am. Um, which emerged in 2012, um, which also just happened to be the time in which um, the North Node was transiting the sign Libra. And so the during that time, we see a resurgence of a lot of different justice movements. Of course, that is the Trayvon Martin um, uh, what's it called? Um, Trayvon Martin trial was in 2012 where he saw George Zimmerman, George Zimmerman um, being acquitted. Um, again, this was the resurgence of the feminist movement. I would say it is the beginning of what we see um, as this kind of mainstream feminist movement that we have experienced. Um, I attribute feminism to the sign of Libra um, because in it is about the idea, the concept, the abstraction of the idea of femininity, of the idea of women. And from there, we can see how we can create thought um, kind of patterns and beliefs and ideas about justice and harmony in terms of women, right? There we go. Um, and so... There are many different layers to this story um, in which we can pull some of the things and takeaways that I will kind of discuss as we talk about Chiron and Aries and what it means for us collectively, right? Um, I have not been able to watch the docuseries yet because I have not asked my dad for his Amazon Prime password yet. <laughs> so that I can <laughs> Millennial problems, right? Um... And in just watching the, what's it called? The trailer, there was just so much information there. First of all, when I, I saw Lorena, you know, Lorena Bobbitt, and I was like, the name Lorena sounds oddly Latina. It doesn't sound like a very white name. Um, and I just, given what I knew about the situation and finding out that she was the victim of sexual violence and um and domestic abuse at the hands of her husband it seemed to me and this is just an assumption i made that just happened to kind of be correct um is it seemed like the classic white man marries woman of color because of and when i say woman of color i'm talking about um latinas and uh, asian women um in particular, um, because of the idea of them being more submissive um, and being more willing to, and these are stereotypes, right? Um, willing to kind of cater to and um, 
bend their will um, for men, right? These are the assumptions that are made of uh, this. And it's weird. I've seen the same um, thing kind of being brought up on social media. There was, I'm sorry if I jump around, but I think you'll kind of get the point in me talking about all of these different stories. Um, Someone was talking about, or there were these really disgusting tweets um, of men talking about going to foreign countries to find and like prey on women and like, oh, that's where the women are hot and you could find a really hot submissive chick in Brazil and like all of this just really disgusting, sleazy, predatory, toxic masculinity just to the core, just filthy, disgusting bullshit, right? And we oftentimes see this dynamic in which, and I'm going to go back to the idea of white men again, um, going to foreign countries, especially men in the military, going to foreign countries and finding women um, that seem to be uh, in their eyes, um, desperate and kind of willing to, again, bend their will to be able to become a citizen, to be able to have financial stability for their family and men taking advantage of those situations. Right. Um, this is again, something that we see time and time again, um, ironically, but also not ironically, um, Joseph Bobbitt, um, Lorena's, uh, ex-husband, um, was a Marine. And this just adds another layer, right? When we think about veterans um, and we think about the way that they are not cared for um, and the way that the trauma that people have experienced as a result of their service um, for our country, for other countries, um, has affected the... American nuclear family, right? Or how it has affected the American experience in terms of having all of these individuals who have experienced some form of trauma because of the disgusting and predatory imperialist nature of our country. Um, And not to say, uh, I think this is a fine line to walk. I know how people feel about the military. I have my own, you know, opinions and and beliefs. Um, I also am a military brat as well. That doesn't stop me from seeing the truth, right? Um, But the war has fucked with a lot of people. And as a result, it has fucked with a lot of people's families. Um, And that trauma that people have experienced, unfortunately, lots of times, and I'm not saying that's the case for this. I do not know. Um, But what I can say, and from what I have studied and read, I encourage you, if you have not, to read um, The Body Keeps the Score, Um, because it it is, whoo, it's a heavy read, Um, but it is truly eye-opening in the ways that our veterans um, and our service folks have suffered and continue to suffer Um, because of their experiences in war and some of the disgusting and terrible things that they do to us here in in this country as a result of trauma and not having access to the um, tools or the resources necessary to help them heal um, once they return home. I think there is a more recent movie um, that you can watch that talks about that is, um, I think it's called Thank You for Your Service, um, where they talk about 
um, mental illness um, in veterans and post-traumatic stress disorder. Whoo, this... <laughs> This episode is so heavy. I can feel the transit so hard right now. Oh my god! Um, and so, you you we look back at at the the this time reel of this. Do you look at the headlines? They're like, oh, this woman is crazy. She cut off her husband's penis. She's a hot blooded Latina. There you go with that fucking you know uh, disgusting. Uh, annoying ass trope of like the the spicy latina ooh, you know and it's just like oh my god you know it what i say like the the layers um which i will try to peel back one by one to make sense <laughs> i promise i'll try um that are here we look at the time period in which this happened this was clarence thomas and anita hill this is Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. You know, um, in terms of what I was reading, this is a time where spousal abuse was very underreported and it was not believed. People were questioning and they still continue to question whether it is actually rape if it's your spouse, right? Um, and so it's just like a uh, 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 like you just look, I just, one thing after another, I'm like, holy shit, this is Chiron and Aries, right? This situation um, with her husband and him being abusive is the, and controlling um, over her. It was, it's not funny, but it, 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 you know, it, the, one of the things that he said was like, or that she said when she was arrested, probably kind of because she was in a bit of like a, a, a stupor, right? You can kind of imagine that someone who just cut off some, someone's penis is probably on a high, right? Um, is that um, she called him selfish in bed, right? And was like, he always orgasms before me and does not wait for me too, right? And it's just really funny because I, again, with this case, you see so many of these kind of things that you know we see women joking about on the internet of like haha men don't give a fuck if women are coming and da 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 we see men talking about oh, I don't give a fuck you know men out here I'm gonna be frank whoring and passing out community dick like it's fucking nothing like it's healthy and like that's okay to just be fucking any and everything without caring about anybody it's just oh my god it all of the things right um and so as i had kind of mentioned before so this transit is the planet the asteroid chiron is answering to mars mars is again the i am it is masculinity in its kind of rawest and and purest kind of form um in the way that it can be expressed this is aggression this is assertiveness this is advocacy this is fighting this is war um this is sexuality you know and we are at a time where all of those things whether it's on a personal level or it's on and more importantly on a collective level it's time to take a look it's time to take a look and really examine what these things mean in our society for a lot of people, we're going to have to look at and heal from situations in which our identity has been used as a means to disempower us, right? When we think about the previous example that I had given about um, MLK being killed, um, with Bobby Kennedy being killed, with the athletes at 
you know, we'll also probably see a lot of athletes being taking on identities as um, advocates um, and um, oh, what's that word of oh, oh, oh. I cannot think of this word right now taking on you know the the role of being an advocate um, or kind of standing up um, and protesting um, for particular rights um, or particular um, identities that they may be a part of I think that is a really that that will be a group from which we will see a lot of these things kind of surface this may be a group from which we see um, ideas about masculinity and about what it means to be a man being challenged, right? Um, whether it is through someone acting out or whether it is through someone doing the right thing, right? Um, so I think we will, you know, again, we've reached this kind of really uh, this high within this battle of the sexes as people kind of call it where women are just tired you know and we see how upset people are with the way that men are literally just allowed to exist within our world and what we see that being uh the movement or this um the the presence of patriarchy and toxic masculinity and rape culture what we see is this really big kind of i and i'm saying this lightly but this really big misandrist movement right of men haters people people do not hate men i guarantee you they do not but there is a lot of anger um and frustration rightfully so that is present because of the way that masculinity has been used as an excuse um, for men not to treat women like they're fucking humans. Um, It's been used as a weapon against men um, to prevent them um, or not allow them to have the space to experience and learn how to communicate and understand the breadth of their emotion um, and of their role as, as, as humans, right? It has, you know, patriarchy has stripped everyone of their humanity in some sort of way. When people say women's rights are human rights, yes, you know, because by through this missing ingredient, through us not being able to have a healthy relationship with femininity or masculinity, um, within our society, we can see how painful that is for everyone. Everyone is suffering. And for people to pretend like everyone isn't suffering, they're fucking stupid because that's just not fucking true, right? You can see it. It in our relationships, it is um, men who think that it is okay to sit around and just use and drain women. It's men who think that they ha- can just avoid um, gender roles right um in terms of the and the you know i i understand that some people's opinions may very be very different from mine but the idea of a man as a protector we have so many videos of men just sitting and watching their friends harass um or assault women um or just randomly watching men assault or hurt women but you know if some dude like talked to them crazy and like said their shoes are whack they'd probably pop off in a quick second and beat their ass right but when a woman is in danger you just stop and stare 
right? Um, we see this in the way that um, we have become acceptable of the fact that men are dangerous and that it is dangerous in the world, right? We have accepted that and said, well, that's just the way it is. I will never forget this. Um, and I hope this person is listening. Um, I went to a party um, during undergrad and some dude literally just stuck his hand in my shirt and I was fucking disgusted. And, you know, in talking to my friend and her boyfriend at the time, I was like, yo, like I was just fucking groped. Like this shit is fucking disgusting. And they're looking at me like, what are you upset about? Like, that's what happens. That's just the way it is. And it was like, what? Like, that's really how you feel? Like, you, you're you not upset. You don't, there's no, are you okay? There's no, who the fuck did that? You know what I mean? It's just like, what the fuck? You know? Um. So to a point where we are so numb to the fact that we are abused um, and harassed and berated, you know, in a myriad of ways, right? I've seen men just think that it's okay to grab a friend by the wrist or by the neck in public, you know what I mean? And think that that's an acceptable way to approach a woman, to harass a woman for their number. Um, You were scared to give someone the wrong number because they call your fucking number to make sure, you know what I mean? So like, I I don't have to go over this. I think y'all already know what the fuck I'm talking about, right? Um, And so people are angry. And I think because of that, again, that is an an additional kind of side. It's not a Chiron and Pisces, I'm going to cry because I'm so wounded. It's a Chiron and Aries, I'm tired of you fucking with me. I'm going to cut your dick off, right? And so I mean that in a metaphorical sense, right? I, even though I would not be surprised if somebody else got their dick cut off within the next couple of years of this cycle. But people are tired and people are angry and upset. But I also think um, why, where we reach kind of this point of fed upness and overall just willingness to kind of just express and feel the, the depth of our rage and our anger about the ways that we are limited and the ways that we are hurt by the 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 way that we have accepted masculinity to be within our society because of our inability to define it and work with it in a healthy way you know it's going to reach a point where people are hurting so badly they're either going to continue to hurt other people or they're going to take a step back and try to do something about it i think we will see and maybe this is just wishful thinking, I think there will be a lot more people who are willing to, especially men, to look back and say, where is it that I can be a better ally to women? Where are there parts of me that are angry and upset that need to be healed? Um, I think we as a society have a really shitty relationship with anger. You anger is an emotion and a feeling that is written off as harmful, even though yes, it can be, but it is human. Um, and there is not a lot of ways, especially for women, where we are allowed to properly channel anger in a way that is healthy. I think there will be time to do that. I think 
you know, people talk about sexual freedom and sexual liberty. I don't think that that's what the fuck this has been. I feel like what we've had is a lot of hypersexuality, and I feel like that may also be something that we see. Um, but I also think there will be a lot of people who will be able to feel as sexually free as they would like to, um, or as sexually free as they need to during this movement. I think identity politics is going to be a major part of the upcoming election. I think we already see that. And I think people are tired of identity being used as a means to kind of reel them in, right? And identity not being taken seriously in a way that allows people to feel free or have the right to express themselves the way that they would like to, right? Um, but I think it more has to do with the element of rights. It's like, okay, cool, you're black and you're running for president, but what the fuck does that mean for me? What does that mean for us? What does that mean for our community? You carrying this label is not enough for me. What are you doing, right? I think we've seen that with all of the eye rolls and like tiredness people have of these the people who are fucking running for president. Anyway, um, I think we'll see a shift and a change in the way that we look at war. I think we're going to have an awareness of how pained the world has been as a result of imperialism, as a result of war, as a result of terrorism. Um, We will see it and understand it, not in terms of the larger picture, but I think there will be a way to look at it at a more human and individual kind of level of how people are hurting and why people are hurting. Um, whether that is because people have came into their country and done things to them, or if it is because they have went to another country and had to fight. Um, I hope that this is a time where we will take care of our veterans in the way that they deserve to be taken care of. I say that and I mean that completely. Um, they're suffering and they're hurting. Um, and I think it's really easy to write off the fact that, um, this is a group that is hurt because of the odd relationship that we have with our country in the way that it has hurt other people, right? But we have to understand that we all in some way or another play a role in the way that this system continues to exist. And not to say that everyone is a victim or that we should write everyone off as a victim, but I think that we need to be honest about the way that people are hurting. Um, and be able to extend a hand to be able to assist people um, when they are hurting, you know? Um, I think we are going to see, you know, in ta- there's been a lot of talk about what toxic masculinity is, and I think we might have some breakthroughs in terms of things that we can actually do. And I see that in so many small ways. We look at uh, Chiron and Pisces, and we've seen this resurgence of uh, spirituality and wellness, um, wellness in the physical sense, but also in the spiritual sense as well. I think a lot of men have seen that, wow, we're not as included in this as we should be and maybe we need to be right we've seen so many um 
wellness retreats pop up for women and I also feel like we'll start to see that same care and desire for wellness um, and healing to be found in men as well I'm not going to say that I don't think that men aren't trying to heal I think they have a very odd relationship with healing um, um, that they will kind of have to and are starting to find on their own which is exciting and it's it's necessary um, so I guess, you know, despite all of the, the, the angry things that I said, I do have a lot of hope and promise, uh, a, a lot of hope for what this transit means for us and what it means for the way that we look at patriarchy and the way that it is kind of experienced in our world. Um, I think it is becoming more and more obvious every single day. Um, and I think it is also moving into a time where people will not be able to continue to get away with the way that they are hurting others. There will be consequences um, for that. Um, The same way that Chiron could not heal his own wound and was able to use that as a to inform his practices and his way of discussing healing with others you know, he talked to Achilles, he talked to Achilles' mom, right, about, oh, it's important to watch after your fucking heels, bro, um, and as we see, his heel, you know, his wound, the wound of someone previously became his wound as well, um, and became his downfall, um, because of the inability to listen, because of the inability to accept, um, the lessons, um, and the, the, the healing solutions that were offered, right? Um, And we will see that same dynamic play out as well, you know? Um, If we do not heal, the only thing that will happen is that we will continue to hurt, right? Um, I think this will be a time where we really look at violence um, in a gun control. Um... Mm. I think there will probably be lots of rules and laws around cars, especially with um, the legalization of marijuana and with this opioid crisis, which also really became very strong during Chiron in Pisces, the way that we will look at substances and how they impact um, people's motor skills um, and the um, their effect on driving vehicles and different laws and things like that will change. I think our gun laws are going to change. I think uh, the rules around war, if not another war, will be something that we may see. Um, I think it's important to note that during this time, we will also be experiencing that Saturn-Pluto conjunction. So a lot of the things that we see will be manifesting on a structural government um, level. I believe that Chiron and Pluto will possibly meet up in 2025. I'm not exactly sure. I should look into it and see. I believe so. Because that is kind of the end of the Chiron in Aries transit. And that is the end of the Chiron in Pluto 
um, I mean the Pluto and Capricorn transit. Um, this will be very interesting. Personal aside for all of my Aries, we, oh my gosh, we have two weeks left, y'all, of Uranus in Aries, and we have basically made it, unless you are, were born in, like, the 29th degree of Aries. I'm so sorry, you're, like, dealing with all of this right now. Um, I don't think this transit will be that difficult for us, and I say that because we have just been bombarded with fuckery since... 2011 I think there is a kind of strength and resilience that we possess we have been ripped and torn apart and had to re-identify who we are you know all of the wounds that will be surfaced will be wounds that are very familiar to us and I think because we have experienced the um we have experienced the restrictions of Saturn in our sign at a very young age, if you were born in the 90s or the, the late 80s, we have experienced um, the possibility, the ultimate truth of Uranus, right? We know what it takes to get there. We know what it takes to truly be ourselves, to truly stand within ourselves. And I think a lot of us are going to be brave and take this opportunity to do that, which is very exciting. I can see that happening for myself. I can see that happening for other areas that I know. I also can see with some areas that I know that there is a struggle and an inability to kind of see the self clearly and that it's going to make this transit painful. If you have done the work, it's going to be fine. That's just what it is. Um, Libras, I feel like there was a lot of perspective that was provided with Uranus. Um, in Aries for you about yourself and some truths and things that you see you probably ran into a lot of Aries during the transit because there was something that you needed to see and learn about yourself that you're not seeing and understanding a truth about yourself that needs to be integrated into you and I think the opportunity to kind of heal some of those things or integrate different forms of healing um, to get you closer to yourself um, will be happening during this transit all right that is all i hope that was helpful and informative i think it was that was exciting um heavy but exciting um thank you so much for listening i am about to do the chiron readings for all 12 signs i'm about to be knocked the fuck out after this because i already this was draining in itself I can only imagine to tap into the wounds of every single sign oh my god this might take a few days to do I might take my time and do like three signs at a time for the next couple of days because I self-care is important um we'll see but those will be on my Instagram stories and I'll also post it in my highlights so that you can see it even if you don't see it right away I'll be using ooh the Tarot del Fuego I don't remember the name of the artist but he did um it's the guy who did the um artwork for um Kay Trinata's um album the one with the guy with like all the eyes right beautiful deck it's one of my favorite i'll be using that and i'll be using alana fairchild's sacred rebels oracle deck as well i also might use the osho zen we'll see i'm excited this will be really cool if you would like to book an astrological reading 
hit me up if you would like to book a tarot reading you can hit me up as well I definitely encourage you to follow me on social media I'm getting a lot better at talking about my services and sharing information that I know and I really love talking to people about astrology and I really love talking to people about tarot um don't be afraid to message me um I will definitely respond um yeah what else has been happening oh yesterday had the astrological meetup with dc astrology booze it was so exciting and it was so great to talk about astrology like in person with people instead of just like talking into my phone about astrology at a bunch of people who do not fucking know me which is also fun but like you you get what i'm saying right um and i will be doing tarot readings at a brunch in april i'll start posting more about it in march because it is a little ways out um there are some other things that are still in the works that are still happening that i'm so excited to like talk about once it happens still working on my website if you know anybody that knows how to do wordpress or is just really tech savvy please message me i will say again i don't i also do exchanges as well i don't just charge um, if you have a service that you can provide um, that you would like to trade for um, an astrological reading of some sorts, I'm absolutely down to do that. If you are interested in coming to the next astrology meetup, let me know. Let me know. It will be really exciting and really cool. Sorry, I'm cracking my knuckles. Um, I think that's just about it. As I mentioned in the last episode if you do a a rating on itunes screenshot it and remember use your name your first name and your last initial um and send it to me and you can get a discount on a tarot or astrological reading or you know if you want to negotiate and you want to try to make it something else i can do that too okay thank you so much for listening Next week, we're going to be talking about Uranus in Taurus, and we'll also be talking about um, the new moon. And there was one other thing that I wanted to talk about, too, but I don't remember what it is. I'll remember, and if I don't, then I don't. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you guys next week.